All right, so we're continuing on with the book of Enoch. Hallelujah. Yeah. And so, um, as always, we're seeking to align things with our canon. That is our measuring stick, the 66 books we know and love, you know, what that we call the Bible. Amen. All right, so, uh, you know, moving right along. You know, we finished chapter 61 last week. So this week we are going to be taking a look at chapter 62, you know, and as we've been, you know, endeavoring to go through this book of Enoch, it has taught us quite a bit, you know, concerning concerning our, our, the scriptures we know and love and as well as they have um, illuminated them and, and, and built in some gaps, so to speak. Amen? Amen. And so I pray it does likewise today. So. Uh, let's jump right in. Let me have my first uh, reader read Enoch 62, verses 1 through 3, please. And thus Adonai commanded the kings and the mighty and the and exalted, and those who dwell on the earth, and said, Open your eyes and lift up your horns, if you are able to recognize the elect one. And the Adonai of Rukot sealed him on the throne of his glory, and the, the Ruach of righteousness was poured out upon him, and the word of his mouth slays all sinners. All the unrighteous are destroyed before, before his face. And there, shall, this, and there shall stand up in that day all the kings and the mighty, and all the exalted and those who hold the earth. And they shall see and recognize how he sits on the throne of his glory, when the righteousness of, is judged before him, and no lying word is spoken before him. Hallelujah. All right. So here it is, um, Enoch 62. Uh, it's you know, just as a precursor, you know, it is speaking concerning the day of Yahuwah, you know, and so like this is what uh, the theme has been for the last few chapters um, uh, of Enoch, you know, and so uh, we're still in this time period of being during the day of Yahuwah, amen, you know, and so that said, we're talking about a time during the day of Yahuwah that the Adonai will command the kings and the mighty and the exalted and those who dwell on the earth and, and command them to open your eyes and lift up your horns and challenge them if they're able to recognize the elected. Yeah. Now, of course, this is talking about when Yahshua um, is on the scene. You know, uh, you know, uh, so I don't know. Maybe, maybe I, I said something a little bit wrong. Uh, so this is speaking about the last, the last um, days. You know, speaking about the year of Yahuwah as well as the day of Yahuwah. And, and a lot of people don't even recognize that there's a difference. But there's a difference between the year of Yahuwah, the year of Yahuwah, and the day of Yahuwah. Um, it's, it's usually referred to as the acceptable year of Yahuwah, you know, and then it's the day of Yahuwah, you know, the day in which he pours out his wrath, he, he has his vengeance, you know, so on and so forth, right? And so this is this is what, what we have that's being spoken of during the time of Enoch is, is this period, you know, in other words, it's the period of when Yahshua comes in afterwards. You know what I'm saying? So that's what we want to uh, acknowledge concerning, concerning this book, okay? And so here it is, he's saying, you know, 
that he's, he's going to command the kings and the mighty and the exalted and those who dwell on the earth to open their eyes and lift up their horns if they're able to recognize the elect one. Now, we know that elect one speaks to whom? Yahshua. So what does this tell us about Yahshua? You won't recognize him. Amen? That's pretty clear, right? And now we're in a beautiful sea, you know, because even though we're reading a book that was written from a prophet from the seventh from Adam, we're reading it during a time after this has already transpired and we know it to be true now today. Amen? We know it to be true today. We know that they did not recognize the Messiah when he came, right? right? You know, and so verse two said, and the Adonai of Rukot seated him upon the throne of his glory. So, you know, now this is to come. You know, he's going to sit him on the, on the throne of his glory. And, and the uh, Ruach of righteousness was poured out upon him and the word of his mouth slays all sinners. Mm. Question, what came out of his mouth when he was here? Yes, uh, yes, it was the truth. It was the words of Yahuwah. Um, righteousness, you know, um, specifically what came out of his mouth was commandments, words, and sayings. Amen. You know, and we're being told in the word of his mouth slays all sinners. Can you see that his commandments, words, and sayings is that which will be used to slay all sinners? Because his commandments, words, and sayings is to be our righteousness. And so this is why, you know, the righteousness that he brought forth will slay all sinners. And all the unrighteous will be destroyed from before his face. Now, verse 3 says, and there shall stand up in that day all the kings and the mighty. And he says, um, this is he's talking about the time of judgment now. And he's saying, and all the exalted and those who hold the earth and they shall see and recognize how he sits on the throne of his glory and righteousness is judged before him. You know, so you have a lot of people who operate in their own sense of righteousness. Right. You know, they operate in a way that seems righteous unto them. Right. You know, they operate in a in a in in a way that 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 they perceive as as being good. Right. You know, even though Scripture says there's a way that seems right unto man, but the ways thereof lead up unto death. Yet they still want to want to lean on their own understanding of what righteousness is, you know? And I, I try to get across to people that, you know, hey, man can never define what right is because man did not create himself. Right. And only the creator can dictate what right is right. because only the creator under, fully understand why he made his creation. Right. You know, I can take a chair, you know, and I can use it to change light bulbs. Or I can use it to put something on the shelf or take something down from the shelf. You know, I can use it for many purposes outside of what it was originally created for. And it may work fine to do so, 
But that is not the right way of using it because that's not what it was created for. And the only one who can make that determination is the creator of it. Because only he knows what he had in mind for it when he created it. Does that make sense? Yes. And this is why man can't make his own, choose his own righteousness. You know, this is why he can't know what's right for him. He has to get it from the creator. Because he didn't create himself. Right. You know, so outside of consulting with, with his creator, he cannot know what right is for him. And this is why Yahshua came to expose or or I should say reveal righteousness unto us. Mm-hmm. You know, the righteousness of Yahuwah, even as we read in Isaiah 56, you know, my righteousness is soon, soon to come. You know, and so yes, it came. You know, and so that's a, that's an important point to understand. You know, uh because righteousness will be judged before him. Now, this becomes really important because we know when the Messiah came, he said in Matthew Yahoo 520, he says, for I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. Mm-hmm. So here it is right here. He's letting you know that even scripturally speaking, or in Yah's eyes, there's more than one type of righteousness. You have one type, but then you have another type that exceeds that type. Hence, he says, except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees. So there's a righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, which is a scriptural type righteousness. But there's another righteousness that exceeds that righteousness and that is the commandments words and sayings of yashua yep. yeah. amen yeah. you know now if we understand what the first righteousness is we'll we'll likewise understand what the second righteousness is you know in deuteronomy 6 25 it tells us what the first righteousness was it says and it shall be our righteousness if we observe to do all these commandments before yahuwah elohim as he hath commanded us. So hereby we learn that the commandments of Elohim was to be our righteousness. Amen? That's pretty clear, right? Yeah. You know, so now those commandments were the commandments that was given to Israel via Yah and via Moshe. Mm -hmm. But the righteousness that exceeds that was given via Yah and via Yahshua. You know, so instead of Moshe having to go up and get it and bring it back, Yahshua just came down and delivered it. Amen? Amen. You know, and so here it is, you know, we can be assured that our righteousness is supposed to be that which came from Yahshua, his commandments, words, and sayings, because we know he's the prophet like unto Moshe. Amen? Yeah. You know, and so, uh, and that's one of the main things that Moshe is known for is the righteousness of Elohim, delivering it to his people, mm-hmm. you know, and like unto Moshe, 
Yahshua also delivered the righteousness of Elohim unto his people. So I pray you can see that. You know, Enoch, verses 4 and 5, my next reader, please. Then shall pain come upon them as a woman in travail, and she has pain in bringing forth when her children enters the mouth of the womb. And one portion of them shall look on another, and they shall be terrified, and they shall be downcast of countenance, and pain shall seize them when they see the Son of Man sitting on his throne of sitting on the throne of his glory. All right. Now, when Yah when Yahshua is sitting on the throne, you know, and he's called he causes these kings, you know, um, to raise up you know, the mighty, the kings and the mighty and the exalted and all those who, who dwell on the earth, you know, once he's sitting in his throne, you know, and he calls him to come up and he began to judge, you know, judge the, uh, the, the kings of the earth and the mighty and those that dwell on the earth, you know, and he judges their righteousness. It says, then shall pain come upon them as a woman in travail. Mm -hmm. Now I never felt that, but I've I've, I've seen some seen it hit some women, and it didn't look like it felt good. <laughs> you know, didn't look like it felt good at all. You know, um, you know, and 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 it's not even it's not even just talking about the uh, the um, the labor pains. Yeah. You know, um, it says as the pain and bringing forth the child when it comes through the mouth of the womb. Now you know that has to be the most painful part because the body has to stretch the um the um the widest, you know, at that particular point. So yeah, that's some pretty intense pain, you know. And it said in verse five, and they shall be terrified, and they shall be cast downcast of countenance, and pain shall seize them when they see that the Son of Man. When, he, when they see that son of man sitting on the throne of his glory. Mm -hmm. Now, I would have you know that our scriptures 100% absolutely agree with this and aligns with what Enoch is telling us. Mm -hmm. In Psalms 48, 4 through 6, we read, For lo, the kings were assembled. They passed by together. They saw it. And so they marveled. Mm -hmm. They were troubled and hasted away. Mm -hmm. Fear took hold upon them. And as of a woman in travail. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. I tell you, our, our scriptures align with what Enoch is saying. Yeah. Consider Yermiyahu chapter 30. The word, this verse is one through four, the word that came to Yermiyahu from Yahuwah saying, Thus speak of Yahuwah Elohim of Israel, saying, Write thee all the words which I have spoken unto thee in a book. And lo, the days come, saith Yahuwah, that I will bring again the captivity of my people Israel and Yahudah, saying, uh, saith Yahuwah. And I will cause them to return to the land that I gave to their fathers, and they shall possess it. And these are the words of Yahuwah. Um, these are the words that Yahuwah spake concerning Israel and concerning Yahudah, verses 5 through 7. For thus saith Yahuwah, we have heard a voice of trembling, of fear, and not And so here it is, that terror that grabbed hold of him, remember? 
You know, we have heard a voice of trembling and of fear. Not peace. You know, the first time Yahshua came, he came, he came very peaceful as the lamb. Mm -hmm. But when he come back, <laughs> he's not going to be lamb-like. <laughs> he's going to be more lion-like. <laughs> you know, and lions, they have a voice of trembling and a fear. And you know they are not at peace. Mm -hmm. You know, as it says in verse 6, Ask ye now and see whether a man doeth travail with child. <laughs> Wherefore do I see every man with his hands on his loin as a woman in travail? And all faces are turned into paleness. Alas, for that day is great, so that none is like it. It is even the time of Yaakov's trouble. We're talking about some serious stuff right here. Amen. And this is stuff that is to come. This is stuff that is to come. The day of Yahuwah is going to be great, and there's not going to be another day that was like it. You know, it's the time of Yahuwah's trouble. This is when we're going to go through the most. Amen. Amen. You know, but we'll be saved out of it. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Also consider First Thessalonians 5, 1 through 3. But other times in the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Adonai, here it is. We're back back at the same time period, right? The day that the day of the Adonai, Adonai so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction come up upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. Was Enoch on point or was Enoch on point? <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> so we're going to wear it, right? <laughs> All right, let me have my next video be Enoch. 62, 6, and 7. And the king and the mighty and all who possess the earth shall bless and glorify and extol him who rules over all who was hidden. From the, from the beginning, the son of man was hidden as the most high preserved him in the presence of his mighty and revealed him to the elect. Hallelujah. You know, now here it is. They're gonna, they, they're all gonna get to the point to where they're gonna bless him. They're gonna glorify him. They're gonna extol him because he's gonna be ruling over him. Amen. You know, so they are gonna get there. But what I want to um, point your attention to is he who was hidden. Mm -hmm. See, because he's still hidden now today. I'm here to tell you he's still hidden now today because this character that they call that they call Jesus has a whole different mm -hmm. religion. Mm -hmm. You know, he, he's, he's not, he, he's not encouraging people to do righteously. Mm -hmm. He's just saying, you know, you know, Hey, if you, if you mess up, you just, you know, you just repent, mm -hmm. but repent of what? What am I supposed to be doing so that I don't have to repent so I can do it right the first go around. 
is his commandments worse and saints. You understand? You know, you know, they say, you know, are you, you know, it's 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 just done change so dramatically that it doesn't even, it doesn't even, you know, have any semblance of what the word teaches. You know, they say the law is done away with. Well, if the law is done away with and the law was the righteousness, then you say righteousness is done away with. That makes no sense. And if you're saying you, you don't have to keep the law, you know, but scripture, 1 John 3 and 4 says that sin is transgression against the law. Right. Then you're saying it's okay to sin. That makes no sense either. So you see, this character that they have made and, 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 and this mask that they've put over Yahshua and what scripture teaches has a vastly different narrative. Mm -hmm. One that's going to get a lot of people in trouble because it's going to keep them from seeing who Yahshua really is. And this is by design. How do we know Enoch is telling us? Yeah. Who was hidden? For from the beginning, the son of man was hidden. And the most high preserved him in the presence of his might and revealed him to the elect. You're not going to just know. Somebody has to reveal it to you. Mm -hmm. right. Can you see that? Yes. Someone has to reveal Yahshua to you. Mm -hmm. But so many people think that they can just read through this book. Oh, got it. Okay, next. Mm -hmm. It don't work that way. Mm -hmm. This has to be revealed to you. And Yahshua thanked his father concerning this fact when he walked on the earth. Consider Matthew Yahoo 11, 25 through 30. It says, at that time, Yahushua answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Adonai of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and has revealed them unto babes. Hello, elect. Why does he call them babes? Say again. Absolutely. Because except ye become as a little child, ye shall by no way enter into the kingdom of Elohim. So he has revealed it unto babes. Even so, Father, he continues to pray. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. All things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth the Son but the Father. Neither knoweth any man the Father, save the Son. And he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. You can't get this without help. That's what I want to get across to you. You can't get it without some help. Verse 28, come unto me, says Yahshua, all ye that labor in our heavy labor, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. You're not born knowing about who Yahshua is or his will, way, and purposes. You have to learn of him. First, you have to come unto him. Then you have to learn of him. He goes on to say, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So how come everybody, when they accept 
the Messiah is their Adonai and Savior, they walk around like they free. Mm -hmm. Like they don't have a care in the world, like they don't have to do anything. But he's telling us right here, his yoke is easy yeah. and his burden is light. So what does that tell you? That means that you got a yoke upon you. Yeah. If you have a yoke upon you, that means you're someone serving. And he says his burden is like, that means you have a duty yeah. to perform. You don't get to do whatever it is you want to do. Right. He sets you free, but not free in and of yourself, only right. free to choose whom he will serve. Don't get it twisted. You're going to forever be a slave as long as you're here in this flesh. You are always going to be a slave. But you get to choose whose slave you're going to be. Do you want to be a slave of a hard taskmaster? Or do you want to be a slave of ones whose yoke is easy and burden is light? I pray you get it. I pray. I pray somebody get it. I, I pray they. I pray you get it because it's not what you've been told. It's not. Let me have my next reader read Enoch sixty two eight. Enoch sixty two eight. And the congregation of the elect and holy shall be sung, and all the elect shall stand before him on that day. All right, we're talking about on the day of Yahuwah. We're talking about during the time of Jacob's trouble. We're talking about when he pours out his wrath, when Yah is sitting on his throne, when he's judging, amen? It says, and the congregation of the elect shall, uh, of the elect and holy shall be shown. Sown, I'm sorry shall be sown, you know? And so, you know, here it is when these kings and these mighty ones, you know, and the peoples of the world, when they're travailing mm. as a woman in birth, in the meantime and in between time, while that's going on, the congregation of the elect and holy shall be sown. What does that mean? What is that a typology of when you sow something? Anyone ever sowed a seed? How do you sow a seed? How do you plant? You dig and you put it in the earth. Then what you do? No, nah, don't you got to cover it? If you leave that seed uncovered, it's not going to grow nothing. You got to cover it, right? In other words, you have to bury it. That's what this is talking about. It's talking about the elect and holy being buried. That's how they're being sown. They're being buried. Why are they being buried? Because those kings and those mighty ones and the peoples of the earth are killing them. Yes. And that's how the righteous, the elect, the holy, that's how they shall be sown. 
And the quicker you get that through your skull, mm. the better off you'll be. Mm. Because when it begins to happen, you're going to swear that 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 the, uh, the that wrong is right and right is wrong. Yeah. That good is evil and evil is good. You're going to say, surely all these people can't be wrong. Mm -hmm. But they were wrong in the time of Yahshua and they'll be wrong before he come back. Mm -hmm. The scripture aligned with this. It absolutely does. First yeah. Corinthians 15, 41 through 43 speaks about that which is sown. It says, there is one glory of the sun and another glory of the moon. Another glory of the stars for one star differeth from another star in glory. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. So you see the dead is their sown. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. Now I want you to look at this in another light. I'm going to share some light from a different angle on it. You know, so also will be the resurrection of the dead, that which is sown in corruption. If you're not sown via corruption, then you won't be raised incorruptible. If you're not sown in dishonor, You won't be raised in glory. If you're not made weak and sown in that weakness, you won't be raised in power. See, you have to understand it's the corruptible ones that's going to be in power. And so that's why they're going to be sowing the righteous. It is those who are considered honorable mm. upon the earth that are going to be killing off those that they believe to be dishonorable. It's going to be those who are in power that's going to be killing off those whom they feel is, is the weak link. You understand? Yeah. Yes. Hmm. Now, the sowing process began in the apostles' day, which was the commencement of the year of Yah. Yet it'll find its culmination during the day of Yah. This was alluded to when Yahushua quoted Isaiah 61. In Luke 4, 18 and 19, he quoted Isaiah 61. He said, the Ruach of the Adonai is upon me because he have anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach the delivery of the deliverance of, of, to the captives. And the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Adonai. See, and this is what Yahshua came to preach. He, be, he came to preach the acceptable year of the Adonai. He was letting you know that the time to get in starts now. You follow? And this is why the gospel was repent for the kingdom of Elohim is at hand. Right. Because the acceptable year of the Adonai started then. Amen? All right. So what I want you to, to, to see is that if we call our attention to where Yahushua stopped reading, or that I should I say, stopped proclaiming what he was there to do during that time, 
we'd find what's left to be done prior to his return. Additionally, we'll find that it aligns perfectly with what Enoch is teaching us here in Enoch um, 62. I, I really wanted to just go through the whole of Isaiah 61. You know, it's, it's, it, it's not super long. It's only like 12 verses or so. I really wanted to go through all of it, but for the sake of time, I chose not to. But that's what was on my heart to do. So, you know, where you see it blacked out, that's where Yahshua stopped. He read verses one and two up into that part, and he stopped mid-sentence. Mm -hmm. That's got to be saying something. Mm -hmm. That's got to be saying something. He stopped mid-sentence. Why didn't he continue? Because the very next part of that sentence says, says and the day of vengeance of our Elohim. See, because he did not come to proclaim the day of vengeance of our Elohim. Because those in the end times will proclaim the day of vengeance of our Elohim. That's going to be the good news. Mm. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody's going to get this today. Mm. When Yahshua started out, he was proclaiming the acceptable year of Yahuwah. But in the end times, the gospel is not going to be the kingdom of Elohim is at hand. It's going to be the day of Yahuwah's vengeance is at hand. It's going to be about that year coming to an end, that acceptable year coming to an end. And so is going to transition into the day of vengeance of our Elohim. Why? To comfort all that mourn. Who's going to be mourned? Those folks getting killed. Absolutely. Hence it says in verse 3, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, mm -hmm. that they might be called trees of righteousness, mm -hmm. the planting of Yahuwah. Remember, they got sold in Enoch. Yeah. Yeah. Now, they, so that they may be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of Yahuwah, that he might be glorified. Now, again, most people misunderstand what is meant by these statements. Therefore, let's consider how this comes about. The text is teaching us that during this time, i.e. the day of vengeance of our Elohim, during this day of vengeance, we will be given beauty, that is, light or life, in exchange for our ashes or death. Mm -hmm. Hence, no ashes or death, no beauty. Or a light of life. Now you have to get that too. You have to understand that. You know, he's going to give us beauty for ashes, but if you don't have any ashes to exchange, then you're not going to get the beauty which represents light or life. Can you understand that? Yeah. Likewise, we'll be given. The oil of joy, that is the Ruach Kadesh of joy or gladness. But that oil of joy is in exchange for your mourning. So if you're not mourning, then you don't have anything to exchange for that 
we're our cadets of joy. You understand? You know, and, and, and likewise, you know, those will be exchanging their spirit of heaviness for the garment of praise. But if you don't have a spirit of heaviness, you don't have anything to exchange for that garment of praise. You understand? In other words, if you're not being persecuted for righteousness sake during the day of the vengeance of our Elohim, then you're doing something wrong. You're on the wrong side. I pray you can see this because this is essential to your salvation. Because if this day comes upon us, if you're walking around and when this day comes about and you're not, you, you don't have any ashes, you don't have no mourning, you don't have no spirit of heaviness, you will not be called a tree of righteousness. You will not be the planting of Yahoo. Put the oil in your lamp while you can. Put the oil in your lamp while you can. Enoch 62, 8 on the latter end says, and all the elect shall stand before him on that day. Still, still speaking about the day of Yahuwah, speaking about, you know, the day of his vengeance of our Elohim. Now, yes, Yahoo also aligns perfectly with this aspect. We're just going to jump down to the end of, uh, of yes, Yahoo 61. And it says, and I will greatly rejoice, Yahuwah. I will greatly rejoice, Yahuwah. My soul shall be joyful in my Elohim. For he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. He hath covered me with the robes of righteousness. What is he talking about? What, you know, do we have a picture of this? The scripture give us a depiction of this? Hmm? Revelation 7? Yes. Where you see the people there clothed with white robes? Yeah. You know? And then later on in Revelation, it tells you that, that those white robes were the righteousness of the saints? Yeah. Hello? Yes. Cover me with the robe of righteousness? Hallelujah. As a bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments and as a bride adorneth herself with jewels. Mm -hmm. Verse 11. For as the earth bringeth forth her bud and as the garden causeth the things which are sown in it to spring forth. If you weren't sown, then you're not going to be able to spring forth. Amen. So the Adonai Yahuwah will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all the nations. You can't spring forth, i.e. be resurrected, unless you already died. Amen? And so this is speaking about those who had died for righteousness sake. It's talking about the first resurrection. Consider Revelations 20, 40 through 6. It says, and I saw thrones. And they that sat upon them and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Yahushua and for the word of Elohim. So you see, this is what we have to look forward to. Mm -hmm. And which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Mashiach a thousand years. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. 
This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power. But they shall be priests of Elohim and of the Mashiach, and of Mashiach and shall reign with him a thousand years. That's the group we want to be in. Amen. Also consider Revelations 22, 13 through 16. I am Aleph and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do his commandments. You can't get around it. They'll tell you that his commandments are done away with. But yet in the end of the book, this is the last chapter of the book. And it's saying, blessed are they that do his commandments. But they telling folks that you don't have to do his commandments. You see that that is an oxymoron. That is a contradiction to what scripture says. And it's the New Testament. It's not even the Old Testament. This is the end of the book. Still saying, blessed are they that do his commandments. That they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. For without our dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie, I, Yahushua, have sent my angel, my messenger, to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and offspring of David, the bright and morning star. I love that saying. This is just kind of, you know, on the side. But he said he's the root and offspring of David. That means he was before and after. Woo that's powerful. Uh, yeah, but yeah, that's 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 what that's where you got to be, you know. Um, Matthew Yahoo 19, 28 through 30 said, and Adonai said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that ye which have followed me, anybody following him? That ye which have followed me in the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, ye also shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone that have forsaken houses, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my name's sake, shall receive an hundredfold, and shall inherit everlasting life. But many that are first shall be last, and the last shall be first. Now that Enoch has taught us that Yahushua was hidden from the beginning, do you think you'd know him if he was to, was within our midst today? Would you be able to recognize him? We know they didn't when he first came, but if he was here today, would you be able to recognize him? Outside of miracle signs and wonders, would you be able to recognize him? Because if you, if you can't, then you likewise won't recognize his followers. <clears throat> you know, and if you think you can, then how would you make your determination? <clears throat> Luke 24, 20 and 21 says, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. What I'm trying to point out to you is that even his apostles that walked with him for three and a half years, they weren't sure. Right, right, right. Yeah. No. Thoughts. But they wasn't certain. 
And here it is. You see the doubt just exuding from them in Luke 24, 20 and 21. Does it not? So Yahshua says in verse 25 to 27, he says uh, unto them, oh, fools, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Mashiach to have suffered these things and enter into his glory? And beginning at Moshe and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. This is how we are to know. We have to believe all that the prophets have spoken. We have to be able to expound all the books of Moses, as well as all the prophets and the writings, all of scripture. We have to be able to see the things in scripture that concerns itself with these matters mm. and with our messiahs. Mm. You understand? If you can't, then you will be deceived. Mm. You know? So if you can't, you need to get with someone who can and, 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 you, and you, you, gotta, you gotta follow. Mm -hmm. You know, so now's the time because when everything is going on, you're going to be like those five foolish um, virgins. You're not going to you're not going to have ample time to go and get the oil. Right. So you got to get it in, in, in your lamp now. That's all I have for you today. Craig will be blessed. Um, yeah, it's going to be that. Uh, uh, we're going to do that next week. <laughs> oh, you're talking about. Oh, yeah, that, that's the next one. You know, she's talking about something that flashed up there momentarily. <laughs> something that we're not about to get into. 